You are listening to Executive Chess, podcast number nine, Avoiding the Fight. Welcome to Executive Chess with your host, Peter Klein. When you hear the word executive, you may think about somebody in power, senior management, a big corporation. But what I want you to do is think of the adjective executive as someone who has the power to put a plan or course of action into effect. And so we set out to embolden all of us to put a plan or course of action into effect, whether it be over a chessboard, in a business, or in life. In competitive chess, we have a key concept, and that is that one cannot avoid the fight. In every competition or challenge, one cannot avoid that fundamental part that is at the core of that activity. Phrased in a different way, one cannot avoid or eliminate the difficulty. One must essentially pay the toll or pay the price of the challenge of that competition. But how do we avoid the conflict? How does one back down from the challenge? How do people pull back within the heat of a competition? For chess, what is at the heart of any competitive game? At some point of every chess game, there is a battle of wills, a meeting of two plans, a conflict of strategies. Complexity can be created Combinations easily arise and calculations must be made. Decisions are required and judgment based on experience is a valuable tool, not a source of negative feedback. We can ask similar questions at the heart or fundamentals of any game or sport. At the heart of American football, perhaps, is the battle with the line of scrimmage. For baseball, it is where the lineup of pitchers hits the strength of the hitters on the opposing team. For poker, one might argue that it's the betting approach to various opponents at different positions at the table. For backgammon, a key fundamental may be blocking points on the board. Now, for any of these games or activities, one might argue that there's more complexity, more aspects to it than this simple one idea or key fundamental. But what I would suggest to you is that ultimately... For high-level competition in these various uh, sports or games, it is at some point going to come down to these key fundamentals. One can recognize their cards are dealt in poker, recognize the odds and the quality of those cards, but ultimately it's going to come down to the betting style against various opponents at the positions at the table. In backgammon, one could get a lot of movement from a hot pair of dice rolling really good values, but over time, it's going to come down to blocking your opponent's ability to move their pieces along points. The same in chess, one might get by for a while in uh, tricks and traps or tactics that pick up some sort of material, but the better quality opponent is ultimately going to come down to a middle game plan where a strategy meets up against your opponent's strategy and some sort of fight has to ensue. In a chess game, one can put off the clash in the middle game by focusing on other factors such as developing our pieces or laying tricks and traps in an opening or focusing solely on tactics, 
but the game does not really commence until such a clash happens, especially at the stronger levels of players involved. The same idea can be carried forward to a business. A retail store cannot avoid customer service and an interaction between their employee or agent and the customer. A financial service company cannot avoid the technical innovations and developments of new financial instruments. A healthcare provider must recognize individual deviation from an average or a group and be prepared in order to meet their needs. Any educational institution must recognize the manner of learning and individual plans for various members of its student body. It is imperative to keep in mind that with any essence or nature of an activity or specific event or endeavor, we cannot confuse the most important aspect with the only important aspect. Certainly there can be more to it than that one key fundamental, but by its very nature and definition as a key fundamental, it cannot be avoided. Without this element, the game would not be the same and the business would not survive. Just like any challenge or burden, a competitive nature has a cost. The competitive fight in a chess game requires concentration, mental discipline, and effort. It carries a risk of losing, a chance for negative feedback, and feelings of immense disappointment. Previous losses have brought out painful memories of crushing defeats with a loss of confidence, tapping into a fear of looking unskilled or even dumb. This is a perfect environment for risk avoidance, frustration with a natural self-defense mechanism to avoid further pain and suffering, but is the cost of competition. We can think of the requirements and effects of the fight in a game or competition as the cost of doing business, or essentially, in a way, a tax on the overall positive experience. If the elation of a win is our reward, then the extreme competitive nature goes along with it. So what are some of the ways in which one might avoid the fight in a competitive game? We may simplify at the moment of interaction. We may choose weaker options or lesser decisions. We can reduce to a single principle or idea. We can trade the upside of possibilities for less downside. We can keep plans simple or short in scope, and we can eliminate any tension or potential conflict among the pieces on the board. Some competitors have even gone so far as living a type of fear that has caused them to adopt an ethos of cautiousness that they have essentially rationalized as prudence or patience. Now, of course, both of these attributes are positive things in general to have as a chess player, but it's all a question of the proportion or uh, strength, uh, where it falls in the priorities of the player. Kept in correct measure, it is an aid. It is a tool. 
uh, overly emphasized and held on to, it is holding that player back. Some competitors manifest this fear or risk aversion into a much larger view of the game itself and try to modify it to a much more straightforward or easier version of it than uh, they did previously hold. I have met countless numbers of chess players who have reduced the game or parts of the game in their mind to its most simplest levels, dismissing all further complexities, basically rationalizing that this is the only thing that's important about this game. Again, making that conflict between one of the most important aspects and the only important aspect and they've eliminated everything else in their thinking, in their psychology, that takes away the sources or the perceived threat of the risk aversion. Many weaker chess players will purposely play the beginning, the opening, the first 10, 12 moves of a chess game in such a reduced fashion for even the white pieces where they have the first move, and just to avoid any sort of tricks or traps and limp their way into the latter parts of the game, even dramatically at a disadvantage. Some competitors have internalized this easier approach with a new ingrained opinion of their own skill. They have really lost sight of what they could achieve replacing it with a brutal opinion of where their current skill lies. In summary, we have common cases where avoiding the fight arises out of a slippery slope of risk avoidance to all-out shift due to fear of negative consequences. So how do we go about changing this dynamic and freeing ourselves from these metaphorical change, or at least very practical limitations. We not only have to recognize the necessity of the fight, we must truly embrace it. We must make it our own. We must make it ours in spirit and desire. One must define the match or event as only occurring once that essence or that competitive fight has occurred. We must search for it, anticipate it, and welcome it. We cannot simplify it, dumb it down, or set other goals which create uh, the focus of success towards uh, something less than a true battle or engagement. Since it is a meeting of two competitors, we must do everything that we can in order to prepare, and make sure that it happens. You must wait for it and not let the activity or endeavor slip away without it being achieved. For the fight, for the flash of strategies colliding, we must anticipate it. We must develop up to that point and recognize the conservation of resources such as time and energy until that moment. We must manage the expenditure of energy and brain power leading up to that fight and the limited amount of resources after the fight, plus the very real possibility of the necessity of additional fight after that. For American football, dramatic amounts of time 
money and talent is put into building and strengthening the offensive and defensive lines. For baseball, championships are won and lost by the strength and developing and managing of a pitching bullpen. For poker, the old adage is that it doesn't matter the cards. It's a question of reading your opponent and betting appropriately. For a retail environment, massive amounts of protocols, uh, standards, and training goes involved in how to meet customer service. For financial services companies, massive amounts of education and continued licensing for its employees is often required by local governments in order to understand the technical developments of the products in which they are selling to consumers. For healthcare, diagnostic skills are paramount and the changing individual variations in a context of environmental and challenging lifestyle conditions uh, makes duty of care overall for large groups a real challenge. For education, every student has an individualized plan, and the mainstreaming of different learning and social development challenges really places the pressure in order to create a learning environment. The same as a competition, where we find these challenges is where the essence of the endeavor lies and where success is going to be found. When we go to that core and embrace the essence of the game, activity, or endeavor, those become the magic moments, the success stories, or the true learning opportunities. Just like a chess game where we seek to overly simplify as quickly as possible enough to have a slight advantage to eke out some kind of a win, but yet miss the true potential of what that opportunity can be, we are going to create uh, smaller side story successes, which takes us away from its true potential. And what I will submit to you is that those successes will not hold up in the long run. Let's take this analogy of taking on the fight to other competitions or challenges. Embracing it means understanding it, recognizing the connection to other factors, and making it our own. If I am at the front line of this challenge, I must develop strengths to be better at whatever the definition of a fight becomes. If I am managing others that are delivering the service and meeting this challenge at the core of our endeavor, then I must create resources and training and a culture where it is valued and greatly emphasized. The emphasis and area of focus for every individual is therefore going to be skewed upon their idea or their viewpoint of where the fight lies. If I'm a salesperson or a client service representative, then I must put a very high premium on meeting the needs of my customer. If I'm an accountant and I think the toughest part of the job, the real challenge, the real fight in adding uh, value for my clients is at the heart of analyzing a set of books, well, that's where I put most of the effort and time in becoming the strongest in my skill set. 
If I am involved in healthcare and I believe the central fight or challenge is in the duty of care to all individuals, then I should become a master at diagnosing uh, everyone that comes through that door. Conversely, perhaps my vantage point in healthcare is that I want the best possible care for the average patient in any given diagnosis, then perhaps my effort and skill set evolves around giving them the best possible care with things like bedside manner and easy explanation and follow-up. If I'm an educator and I embrace the challenge that no child should be left behind, then perhaps my focus becomes on the strength and implementation of those individual plans. However, if I see education as the battle to deliver quality education in a maintained level to as many people as possible, then perhaps the fight or challenge stays at the quality of the overall product to a group. One of the limitations of the analogy of not avoiding the fight in a chess game is that it is a central theme that runs throughout and is not subject to opinions or vantage points, unlike a challenge in something more complicated or dynamic. A large-scale field of study and institution and industry is going to have several different challenges and different members of that uh, larger group that are going to hold on to what they perceive to be the core fight for it, that endeavor moving forward over the long term. This gives the opportunity for individuals within it to specialize based on their vantage point or the challenges, the real fight, the core essence of a field at that historical moment, but also presents the possibilities of moving in a direction that the overall industry or field institution collectively moves away from and then finds themselves on the fringes. But in asking the right questions and really honing in on what the essence or true nature of the challenges and central fight for that endeavor or field or activity that a person is, is engaged, matched with a openness to adapt and to change, one will usually find themselves very successful in the benefits that are reaped uh, regardless of the outcome in the short term. Phrased more succinctly, there is real impact and dramatic change to the individual when you embrace the central fight or essence of a field of endeavor. Ultimately, success is going to be measured by wins and losses, successes and failures, but the result and the changes growth to the individual combatant is going to be tremendous. There's a wonderful quote by President Theodore Roosevelt, which inspires this idea of embracing the challenge or fight. 
quote, it is not the critic who counts, not the individual who points out how the strong one stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the individual who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends themselves in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if they fail, at least fails while daring greatly, so that their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. This archetype of the warrior or competitor gives us inspiration to meet the challenge and to fight the fight at the heart of whatever endeavor we may engage. In competitive chess, one cannot avoid the fight. There are no quick tricks or traps. One cannot count on their opponent to play poorly and there are no easy paths to success. Quite often, if you were to ask a chess player, they would much rather have a hard-fought victory and even a well-fought loss where they were simply outplayed as opposed to an easy win where their opponent simply collapsed. If my basis for growth as a chess player is either a strong, hardly-fought win or a learning experience from a game where I'm simply outplayed, then a quick and easy victory taken from a weaker opponent uh, accomplishes neither one of these goals. If in any given profession I am not focused on the skill and knowledge required for the core or essence of providing that service, then perhaps I am asking the wrong questions and wasting effort and time in something that will ultimately not make a difference in growth. The first step is to reflect upon what am I doing to avoid the essence of the challenge or fight. The second step is to cut yourself some slack. Risk avoidance in and of itself cannot be eliminated and is a basic human defense mechanism, and even those richly engaged in an active fight or challenge will have a natural tendency to be pushed in that direction. If we first understand it about ourselves, if we understand it as a competitor, as an athlete, as a warrior, as a professional meeting a challenge, and recognize it in its different forms for our personality, we go a long way to overcoming its drag on forward momentum. Third, do not underestimate your ability to rise again when tired or exhausted from a fight, from the challenge, from carrying a burden. Do not diminish the possibility of a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth wind kicking in with a new level of energy based on confidence gain and successes had along the way. Ask what is at the essence of a new challenge, of a new endeavor, of something that you're interested in doing. If we were to take a smaller challenge, for example, of saying out loud that I was always interested in learning to play the guitar, I could ask at its very essence, what is the skill, what is the challenge 
what needs to be met in order to accomplish this feat of playing the guitar. Well, at its core, we're talking about being able to play a few songs for a small group of people. We are not talking about necessarily being a professional member of a band. We are not talking about writing new music or having a wide library of songs or music that we can play. We're going to take a number of songs and be able to produce them to a level that's enjoyable and entertaining for a group of friends. We now have an essence of our challenge, which would specify where we want to spend our effort and time in a skill set in order to learn, in order to provide that entertaining song to a group of friends. We do not need to master that chart of every single chord possible. We do not need to master those riffs uh, from great guitarists of decades past. But this challenge is going to require fluid finger movement and understanding measure to carry out the beats of these particular songs. By bringing our attention and efforts to a smaller challenge, we can teach ourselves how to meet the challenges of a larger fight. Lastly, look at time zappers or micro ways in which we sabotage our own meeting the challenge or fight of a given endeavor. Look at ways in which we procrastinate in order to avoid the most difficult parts of it and ways in which you can manage the expectations and efforts that are required. When one has embraced the fight and all of its dynamics, then the challenges and burden that that entails is matched up with the endorphins and positive results emotionally that are created, creating a loop which self-sustains and feeds forward to growth and movement along our plan or course of action. You cannot avoid the fight. You must embrace it metaphorically. You must open the door and welcome it in. We must relish and look for those opportunities and make the most of them. Enjoy and celebrate them within our various communities. At the risk of being cliche, the struggle is real and one cannot avoid the fight. Thank you for listening and take care. Thank you so much for listening in. Please check out my website at exectest.com or drop me a note at info at This has been Peter Klein with Exec Chess.